0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ariel Hawani, host of the MMA Hour on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Each week, we interview the biggest names in the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. So tune in live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern over at MMAfighting.com or download the show afterwards on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you then.
1: Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast I'm Mike Prada, and on today's episode... Is it getting hot in here? Or is it just me? No, it's getting hot in here. It's time for hot takes. Okay, maybe not hot takes, but unpopular opinions that we are noodling, we're thinking about. We're going to present those on the show. We've got Tim Cato and Christian Winfield from SBNation.com. You've seen them before. They've been on the show. And we're each, the four of us, with Ben, we're going to present one unpopular opinion about... The NBA. One thing that we're gonna say is kinda like tomorrow's story today. Something we kind of believe, something that we're going to argue for, something that our opinions are obviously bound to change, but maybe is not something that other people are willing to go for. We're gonna present those and we're gonna argue for that and we're gonna get feedback on the hot takiness of our unpopular opinion. Plus, we're gonna read some of yours. We asked you on Twitter to give your unpopular opinion. Uh, this is a very common Reddit tactic. We got some of the idea from that. And we're going to read off your unpopular opinions and evaluate whether they are particularly unpopular or not, or whether we kinda actually agree with them. This is the Limited Upside Podcast. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We really appreciate the five stars, of course. We appreciate that you like what we're doing. We also appreciate if you think there's something we can do a little bit better and you want to give us some constructive criticism. The reviews are the place to do that, and we like hearing that. We also love hearing from you on Twitter. You can always tweet us stuff you want us to talk about at limited underscore upside. We'll usually have a prompt for every episode, and we as you see in this episode we take in your feedback and respond to it so please send us those you can also find us anywhere you get your podcasts and on sbnation.com but until then turn up the ac because it's about to get hot in here it's the unpopular nba opinions podcast here on the limited upside podcast
2: Welcome back to the limited upside podcast. I'm Ben, joined by Mike. That clinking noise was probably either Tim, Cato, or Christian Winfield, who are both joining us via the magic of Skype. Guys, how's it going?
0: We're good. going We're good. Go? I'm gonna communicate.
2: I'm gonna communicate
0: only through those little clinky sounds, this podcast.
1: <laughs> Wait, that was you? I, I had even money on that being Christian. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, that was, that was definitely Christian, but, uh, you know, when I see, when I see a chance oh, at a bad joke, bad. I got to hop on it. So. <laughs> All right.
2: I believe that's Morse code, and uh, there's our Stranger Things 2 reference of the day. All right, let's see. So today we wanted to, I believe, Mike, you said, what, hitting tomorrow's topics today a couple yes. minutes ago. I love I love the sound of that. It's yeah. very Cronkitean. Um, with that in mind, we're going to try to give you the hot takes that are like 99% uh, rooted in in fiction, but that, that 1% little morsel makes us kind of feel like maybe it's not just a hot take. Maybe yes. it's it's true. So these are the the takes that right now might sound outrageous, but that the little bit of us does believe mm-hmm. is true. Mike, you have been right. have been preaching something over the last I don't know two, three podcasts at this point, maybe even in dating back to the season previews pertaining to Houston's chances of not just winning the West but winning the overall uh, winning the NBA championship, which obviously the road goes through. The Bay Area. So what's your take pertaining to the Rockets yeah. and Golden State? My unpopular opinion, shout out to Reddit,
1: who does these threads every so often. That gave me some of the idea. My unpopular opinion for you guys to chew on is that the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors, if, if they play in the playoffs, is a total toss-up. <laughs> they are even, if not Houston, a little bit ahead. That is my that is my very unpopular opinion. Give us Bef- a little before re- explain, rationale
2: before I explain it. Like, where does that rank on the like ridiculousness scale? T- ten being there's no chance in hell this happens, and one being like that's not even a hot take. Yeah, uh, f- six for me. Tim,
0: um, how do you have a job in the NBA? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's a, that's a pretty strong ten. This thought and Christian. The
3: strong ten, um, yes. I'm in the the seven, six, seven area. We can go six and a half.
2: Okay,
1: yeah.
2: all right. That's uh, uh, that's pretty good then. Currently, just so we can level set, Golden State Warriors are one to two odds to win the NBA Finals. Cleveland's four to one, and the Rockets are eight to one. Yeah, see, I think that eight to one with Houston is a good
1: bet right now. Hmm. A very good bet now. That. Does It doesn't matter what happens to Steph Curry's ankle. He rolled it again last night. I'm assuming this is true. I This is a, 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 sort of, again, like a, an opinion I kind of am afraid to believe but sort of believe uh, and will probably look a little dumb. This is one of those that I believe no matter
2: what happens to his ankle, which I think we'll get more news on later. We Right now we don't know. MRI was uh, – in- Said there was nothing there other than swelling from a sprain. It
1: was an x ex- ray. MRI is still coming. Oh, the MRI was this morning, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we oh, okay. don't know Sorry, the results yet. Yep. So, uh, and it might, you probably will know by the time you listen to this podcast. Here is my logic I think that last year, the challenge that they had is that ultimately they only had one and a half people that could make plays. And that was the issue with how they lost in the playoffs. They had Harden, who was worn out they had Eric Gordon who had a poor second half of the year and they didn't have anyone else. And so stopping them was, you know, fairly rudimentary in terms of, you know, not easy to do but strategically um you knew what you had to do uh and they ran to a team that did it. And this year they're playing the same way but there are two huge differences. One is Chris Paul who is fitting in so much better than I thought. Uh, and is embracing that secondary role when they 're on the court, and he 's a- adopting to their style of play when he 's off it and yet there is he 's brought enough of like their their way of playing that they can adjust and the other big factor, and I think this is the big barometer for me that I think is um probably not what necessarily a lot of people are saying is that holy crap Eric Gordon has been really good this year, yeah, holy crap, so good that he 's one of those players that remember. You know, Tim, you wrote about this last year and really brilliantly. Houston basically plays the game on like a court that's five, six feet wider than any other team in the league. It feels right. I mean, literally, they spot up further behind the line. They catch further behind the line. They start their plays further behind the line. It's like playing on a longer court, basically, when you play them. And then when you toss that in with now Eric Gordon. Can beat a spot up and get to the rim and finish. He is like the ultimate mori ball, like launch three finish, and he can now take. I think almost anybody off the dribble uh, in those really straight lines. He's super quick, super powerful. He doesn't Explosive, really. Yeah. He doesn't pass much. He's basically he's sort of like the switch buster. Uh, in a lot of cases and you can never put your best guy on him unless you want to not put your best guy on Harden or Paul because they always play two of them at the same time mm-hmm. so the fact that they've gone from like one and a half to three there I think makes it really hard to switch against them in the same way that you could last year then you toss in that they have better defenders and they can go small more easily to match up on the other end with Tucker Mute or uh, all those guys, Capella is playing better, so you can play those traditional lineups more effectively. Uh, if they don't get injured, which, or if they don't tail off, like if they maintain this level for most of the year, I think they give the Warriors a hell of a lot of problems, even if the Warriors are at full strength. Like, I think it seemed crazy to me that they would be able to out Warriors the Warriors, but the more I think about it, <laughs> If you think about how the Warriors play with the, all the switching they do, and now you think about all the different avenues Houston has to beat that stuff, uh, and you th- think about the defensive improvement, like I actually think that that is a real challenge for the Warriors. Hmm. And I mean, I, it's hard to know exactly how good the Warriors are because they're not playing at their best level. But I, I also think that in the playoffs, that you know Green and Nigadala are going to be made to make more plays, and they uh, you know every year it's not quite clear if they can keep doing that. Uh, they have defensive matchups so that they can cover the key threats, and you know. So I, I just think that, it, and this, the rotations will shorten, and all these problems. And this makes me think that there's a lot that Golden State should actually be afraid of with the Rockets uh, in a way that I think it's very easy to dismiss them or assume that the Warriors are just going to roll over them. Like I'm really not sure that's the case anymore. That's my unpopular opinion.
2: That's pretty well founded. You definitely thought yeah. that through. It's not just a take. It's like a, you could write you know, a couple thousand words on why. It's important. Sure, and we might do that. Yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay, Prada, let's talk. All right. As, as, the, as the one who was the, the 110 on the scale, um, I actually agree with almost everything you said about the Rockets. Um, I think they're the second best team in the NBA. I love them. I think I think they're a sensational basketball team. You know, I spent some time with them last year and I think that this is just a a better realization of the of the team they wanted to be. And I, I really think it's amazing. And I was I was in on the Chris Paul uh Harden thing, you know, to start with. But uh I I don't know how you can watch, you know, the Warriors not even caring this season. They still have a bet- better net rating. They've they've been missing pieces constantly. Um I, I don't I don't know what lineup um the you know, just thinking about you know the the man unit that's going to close each game. Um, it's for the Rockets. It's going to have to be PJ Tucker and Bob Mute, I think. I
1: agree. Um, you probably. know, kind of mixed in. There. Well, it's, so so is of, that two of those and Ariza probably if they the Warriors play small. You pick right any two and, of them, and but those then, are your close. But then you
0: have to get Eric Gordon in there. And then you have to get Harden in CP3. And so I I don't I don't see a lineup that can match up with you know, the the big four that the Warriors have, um, plus, you know, whoever fifth person you put in there. And I know I know the death ball lineup has not been, you know, very deathy this season. But I think overall that, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to trust the the longer sample size that when the when the Warriors put those four players together and they put almost literally anybody else with them, whether it's Iguodala or even, you know, Pat McCaw just as a spot up shooter or, you know, whoever, you know, even Nick Young at this point. Um, I, I don't, I don't see how there's any lineup that Houston can throw out there that has that much talent and is, and is that deep. Um, and, and isn't, you go, I'm, I'm worried Houston's just going to end up in a, can PJ Tucker and Bob Mute hit more shots than, uh, you know, Draymond Green and, and, you know, uh, Iguodala. Clay Thompson, I guess. And well, that's Iguodala. and Inigo Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think that's so, so swap out the and put in Pat McCaw. It's not like you need a Godala as a LeBron stopper. Um, well, but hold put in on your best on. shooter. Put in Nick
1: Dunn. Let's let's think about this then. Let's back up because I, I think that the idea that they're just a diet death lineup is like very understandable. Like that's basically what you're saying, right, is that the Rockets can really only throw out a diet or death or lineup basically.
0: They can match up better than they've ever than maybe anybody has ever matched up with the Warriors. But I'm still going to take, you know, the Warriors who who actually originated this lineup right over some a lineup that's been put together. Specifically to challenge it, but it's it's not the same,
1: right? Yeah, okay. So basically, the the idea is that the Houston is like a death lineup pretender or diet death lineup, which I, I understand that thought. But let's let's think about the matchups a little bit, real quick. Obviously, everybody will flip around because that's how everybody switches and all that. So the point right. of like right. who does so? Let's say the lineup, which I think it would make most sense to be is hard in money time is Harden, Paul, Gordon, and again two of Ariza, Tucker, and Bamute. Right. I'm not sure which two. I think right. you would have to decide. And maybe Capella gets in there in certain cases, but probably two of those three. Tucker would probably guard Draymond Green. Right. We can agree with that. Right. Yep. Ariza or right. Bamute would guard Durant. Right. Right. Curry would Paul would guard for either Curry. one of them, but- I mean, is it I mean like Durant's a mismatch for everybody. I mean, I would think that if you had to pick
0: it is going to roast both those dudes.
1: Okay, but if you had yeah. to pick if you had to pick the uh top 15 players in the NBA to throw at Kevin Durant, I would think that a and Bamute would be in that group. Right? That's fair. Yeah. So I mean, the problem with Durant, like Durant would, but like that's not a terrible matchup all things considering for Houston. If that's the worst matchup they have, Paul on Curry probably, and then you can put Harden on, and you know probably put Gordon on Clay Thompson and or Harden, on, and then you put the other on Agudal and you hide him, and then you switch around. Uh, maybe maybe what you do is you put Harden on Draymond Green because he tends to guard the biggest guys more, and you put Tucker on one of the other guys. Like I think the matchups aren't so bad in that case. It feels I,
2: it feels like a series where Clay is the X factor. Oh, yeah. It's Clay or Eric Gordon. I
1: mean, yeah. and, and now let's flip it around the other end. And this is, you know, maybe Christian, you can contest this point, but you flip it around the other end. Who? It's not just that. Like the the, the Rockets don't just have to play defense against the Warriors. They have to. There's offense. The Warriors have to defend them too. So, you would think that what Clay Thompson would probably guard Harden, um, or, Igu- or Iguodala guard Harden. The other one might have to guard Eric Gordon. You would put Draymond Green on like. Steph, who would guard Chris Paul? I mean, you probably need Clay to guard Chris Paul. I mean, that's a yeah. That's what i would,
3: You play on Chris Paul. You put somebody on uh, on James Harden, and Steph kind of has to be floating around. Maybe you have to put Steph on. I don't know. I don't know where you put Steph. Steph is because I don't know if you can put him on Eric Gordon.
1: No, Eric you Gordon can't. just you Eric
3: definitely Gordon, can't fully, fully So you got to put him on. I don't know. I don't know where you would put Steph Curry. You got. You probably have to take your chances and put him on Chris Paul. That's that's what you're definitely doing. you
1: definitely do. It could do that. And then well, you could also hide him on like Ariza. Um Yeah, that was that's
3: what, that was another way I was thinking.
1: Yeah, Green would probably guard PJ Tucker because you need him as the roamer, and probably of all those guys, unless it's Bamute, um, Tucker is the most suspect shooter. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could throw Anderson, and maybe you can play. You can afford to play Ryan Anderson though, and then you start to have a more of an even bigger problem on offense um a would probably guard james harden if clay is on chris paul who's guarding eric gordon eric gordon yeah who's guarding eric gordon i mean who's and who's durant guarding
3: I well, think- Dur- Durant can guard anybody i don't think that's that's the issue i don't think katie is, is, is a minus defender
1: I don't I'm think any of that. them are minus defenders. I think the issue is that Eric Gordon is sort of the flipped swing matchup that is really tough for them to get to engage.
3: In all those lineups you just you just threw out there, Eric Gordon, you said you had James Harden, uh, Chris Paul, you had P.J. Tucker, you had Trevor Ariza, and then you had one more. Oh, was, was Eric Gordon in that lineup yeah, too? Was yeah, Eric Gordon yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you have the three perimeter guys and then two of Anderson, Tucker, Ariza, and Bamute.
3: That is tough, but I don't think it's like impossible to deal with. You know, I think that the Warriors are good enough to figure it out, as they've figured everything else out, and having a great season.
0: Yeah, it's it's tricky to visualize every single matchup uh, in in my head without writing this down. But I I do think that a lot of this will come down to you know who's who's going to make more open. You know, it it may may come down to the fourth and fifth shooters, right? And I'm going to trust the fourth and fifth shooters on the Warriors who have done this constantly. And I'm going to trust, you know, Stefan, Stefan, Katie and clay that that threesome is, is going to outshoot, you know, any, any threesome that the, uh, mm-hmm. that, that the Rockets can put out there just in terms of, uh, of quality of looks and, and, and stuff like that. And in my opinion, I'm, I'm still siding with the Warriors. So-
3: and speaking of trust really, really quickly, uh, I still trust James Harden in the playoffs in crunch time. And I still don't trust Chris Paul. We haven't seen him outside. The second round yet. We haven't seen him do much in the playoffs yet. And we've seen the Warriors win two championships in three seasons. Uh, I don't trust either of those guys just yet. And honestly, I love Eric Gordon. I don't trust him to be healthy yet. You know what I'm saying? He had one really, really good year. He looks really good now. But there's still that elephant in the room of, oh, my goodness, this guy's been injured almost every year. It could come back. I uh, don't wish that on the guy. But, you know... I I don't trust the Warriors. I don't trust the Rockets just yet.
1: So a lot of this is about trust, basically, is that we've seen one team do it before and we haven't seen the other. That's why this is an unpopular position. Or
0: Christian, maybe. I I wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that. (laughs) Okay. But you (laughs) are saying it in
1: a different way. You're saying you trust the Warriors' shooters, and I think you didn't necessarily put it this way, but I think you would say this. Uh, You trust Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala more than you would trust P.J. Tucker uh, and the supplementary players. Um, and you said that might be a difference. So it is still a, a trust argument. Um, the reason I think this is tomorrow's argument today is that, you know, that's really the argument against what I'm saying is that – is history. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: I think if you really think about all this, the other the other element of this is that if you know how Golden State plays, they switch everything. They try to ruin your flow and they turn the game into a series of one-on-one matchups. This is why I think Gordon is such an important player. Gordon is, for them, I mean, Harden and Chris Paul are both, like, kind of go at the switch and try to make something happen players, too. But you know that. Gordon is the one dude that is much more direct at, like, okay, if he gets if he gets a match he doesn't like, he's starting from 30 feet away, and he is coming right at that guy. Yeah, And he's coming so fast that I think it's even hard for even the great teams to load up. So, to me... He- the one,
0: the one variable here is that the Warriors, when they play these these death lineups, is that they have two rim protectors. And that's right. not something that the Rockets are going to have at all. Right, they're, they're, how- They will have Draymond and KD, who are able to recover ground better than anyone on the Rockets um, in in exactly the situations that you, you're you talking about. These one-on-one situations that that you know are coming on a space floor, but are also coming from 25 feet away. That's um,
1: so That's yeah. true. Although, if the Rockets are spreading out so far, maybe even they can overcome that. You yeah, know, that, that, that's the only reason I think this is interesting. Is that I mean, if you think it, think about Golden State's strategy: is they they're switching away, and then they kind of want you to go one on one, and so then they just stone you with their uh, with whoever the hell they want, because basically every single one of those guys can guard a guy one on one. Gordon, I think, is like the one dude that you know, if unless you have the absolute best defender on him, it's he can beat. He's the kind of guy that can beat Draymond Green off the dribble. He's the kind of guy that I think could be too strong for Iguodala. Like there are very few guys in the league like that. And you know when you toss him into the mix with the other two, because um, so much of the attention is going to be on stopping Harden one on one. I just think there are a lot of options. And if the game becomes this kind of one on one slugfest, I think Houston actually is better equipped than they were last year to deal with that.
2: Definitely this I'm year. Not, more I'm so not so rolling out
1: year. the Rockets winning. Yeah. Oh. I'm not rolling
0: out the Rockets beating the Warriors, but. I, I still have the Warriors a step ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm okay. playing that out. All right, let's get to the next take here. Um, Tim, what do you got? Uh, do you want to go with Christian's next? Because this is related to. Is it related to, to the same two team? Oh, Western yeah. Conference. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll stay in the conference then. What do you got, Christian?
3: Okay. Well, uh, basically. I don't believe in, in the Rockets very, very much. I, I do believe they're talented. I just think that people are forgetting that the Spurs are still in this conversation. And, uh, you know, the Spurs, are they're a really, really good team. They're, they're still winning games this season without Kawhi Leonard. And, oh, look, Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be coming back this week. Um, I think people are forgetting that the Spurs were about one half of an inch away from beating the Warriors in that game one last year. And that could have really changed the whole dynamic of so the finals. What's the, for take? the, what's the yeah. take? I didn't rush your take. Let me, let me, I'm getting to my take. Let hey, don't, don't let Mike I, edit I, I, your put, take.
1: I put, I put my so take, I take first. See, I put the take first.
3: No, so so basically my take lead. is— <laughs> are gonna, I thought the, the uh, Spurs are going to knock off either the Warriors or the Rockets. In the playoffs, one of those two teams, I think people are forgetting how good the Warriors are. I keep saying the Warriors. I think people are forgetting how good the Spurs are. I think people are forgetting how great of a coach Pop is and how really how Kawhi Leonard just completely, I don't want to say revolutionized, but he changes that offense and that defense once he gets back on the floor. LaMarcus the Aldridge is having a really, really good season after last year. and It, just looks, it looks like a completely different player in that offense. Um, and then the Spurs have different pieces. They brought in Rudy Gay. I know people want to laugh at Rudy Gay, but he's still a serviceable Wing, they look good. Tony Parker's going to be back to, hopefully he'll be back to 100%. But the Spurs, look, the Spurs look to me like a team that that could be considered a sleeper, especially because everyone is talking about the Warriors and the Rockets. And, you know, I, I think that that's the team that's going to knock one of those guys off. I think that they're, they're definitely going to win for their, their first round series, no matter what it is. And once they get to that second round, I, I think it's a toss-up. I think they can take the Rockets out.
2: It definitely makes that race for the one seed, like, way more important. Like, mm-hmm. You don't want to play the Spurs in the second round. You'd no. much rather take your chances with any of the other teams. Okay. So uh, what?
1: It, let's rank the hotness, the unpopularity of this take. Is well, this how unpopular a take do you think this is?
2: Ten me? being no way it happens, and one being like, not a hot that's take. Not
1: a, that's like that, I uh, agree.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to say that based upon the fact that none of the Western Conference teams behind uh, the Rockets, Warriors, and Spurs were able to capitalize on the fact that Kawhi hasn't played yet. And the Spurs are nicely situated three games out of first place. And it's crazy. Yeah. It's that
3: ridiculous. It's crazy. Without your best player, without an MVP candidate, you're still in the running for the first seed in the toughest conference. Yep. Well, not the toughest anymore.
2: But. Yeah. No, and I mean, yeah, I mean, still to be determined, definitely still the top heaviest uh, with the, yeah. the Rockets and Warriors and Spurs. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think this this take probably before the season would have been not hot at all. When the season initially started, maybe like a 7 or 8 pretty good warmth to it and then now this take kind of feels like i don't know i'd probably pick vegas might even like them over the rockets if they had to play in the, in that second round maybe not over the warriors obviously but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say this is probably like a 3 okay two. A three? A 3 oh man. a 3 <laughs> where do we get to my take mine's a fucking 15 it's 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 a vague
0: Take because you know like I I want to I want to know which which team they're going up against but I, I guess that's not really your fault it's a it's a six it's a six okay, I don't sure. know are you it's a basi- seven
1: are you basically is his t- Christian is your take basically my take except sub the Spurs in the rock in for the Rockets well no because it could no, be against whichever,
3: the team, whichever of those two teams they play in the playoffs will be eliminated
1: okay see if if it was basically my take subbed in with the Spurs instead of the Rockets that Spurs Warriors so yeah. up.
0: Christian, can I ask? Is so one way to rephrase it is that the Spurs are better than the Warriors and
3: the Rockets. Is that the take? Yes, that is. That is. There we go. This this Spurs oh. will be
1: in the Western Conference. It's modified. Okay, that's that's a very different thing. Yeah, that take is a nine. Yeah, that's it's an eight and a half nine. <laughs> that take is like a nine and a half. Um, yeah, I, I just. Uh, it's a little bit still TBD until we see what Kawhi looks like, even if he comes back,
2: you know. Yeah, can he play back-to-backs? Like, how's the wear and tear? I mean, I guess the thing they've been monitoring most closely with him is just how he feels the day after a practice. That's what's held him out now for the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. that's that's a little bit – I don't know. That, that makes me think of something that's a much more long-term injury than something that's been fixed. But – Anyhow, I'm just someone who has to continually monitor my players uh, that I root for is health. So I, I, I hate to yourself. be in that, I yeah, talking my, about yourself. No, 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 no. My, personally, no. I've got to brace myself when I sneeze at this point in my life. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, no, I, I like the take. I think it is interesting though that like, and it's just it's a great Popovichism here, which is that his team is right where it should be. We haven't really talked about them very much. Um, he's gotten more from less, or guys who usually provide less, and he's somehow reinvigorated uh, the second most important player on his team, uh, which was almost the most important part of this season, was how do we get Aldridge back to where he needs to be, like, the second best player on a, on a potentially championship-level team. Without in, with that in mind, though, with that in mind, there well, is going to be a dip when Kawhi comes back and the iso ball begins for him.
1: Right. See, this is this is where I'm struggling with this one because – on the one hand, like I said before the year, the Spurs play their game, and that's sort of the best way to beat the Warriors is to not play the Warriors game. On the other hand, the Warriors game starts defense to the other end. You know, it starts with they switch and make you take tough shots, and then they kill you on the cross matches, and it becomes this crescendo of, you know, uh, these guys saw the saw the Miami game on Sunday. That's basically what happened in that game uh, with that run. The Spurs don't have unlike the Rockets, the Spurs don't have the switchbusters. Right. I don't think. Unless Kawhi is back to how he played last year, which you know, maybe. Maybe yeah, he could be for Could sure. be. I yeah. just don't know if you can say that for sure. And then the other thing to keep in mind too is that if that's if Kawhi is playing the way he played last year, what does that mean for Aldridge and his game? I mean what the only positive you thing you could say about this start with, from Aldridge's perspective that might carry over once Kawhi comes, or not the only, but one positive argument could be that Kawhi, or that La- LaMarcus has now become a switchbuster in that he's more confident and more able to score on Draymond Green. Because ultimately, you need to have players, I think, that can score on the Warriors' best defenders and second-best defenders. Uh, and I think the Rockets do, and I think the Spurs... You know, it's it's a will-see for me for them uh, when you consider uh, Aldridge's play and Leonard's health. Um, the other good news is that the Spurs are, I think, more athletic this year. I think they can match up a little better defensively. I think Danny Green's uh, ability to make plays off the dribble on spot-ups is a little bit more improved. But, you know, until I see a little more from, you know, Kawhi, it's hard for me to know one way or the other with this one. I think it, it's mm-hmm. possible that last year's team, the Warriors have sort of, change their game a little bit to address the Spurs. I don't know, it's a tough one for
2: me to call. Yeah. All right. we just did two relatively similar takes, just yeah. variations of the copy uh, my take. Triumphant at the top of the West, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, okay. Well, we should sprinkle in a few of our our listeners gave us some some awesome takes. They're all like better than ours, which, you know, goes without saying. Although
1: some <laughs> of them are I would not classify as unpopular opinions because I share a lot of them. Yeah.
2: I love uh Let's see. Jake's. Jake had a great one here. Jake from Bolts Forever. Jake from Bolts not from, Forever. Not Jake from State Farm. Not Jake from State Farm. Uh he said Joe Johnson had a better career than Vince Carter. Uh mm. Tim, you were uh, very upset at that one. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm extremely that upset. Yes. <laughs> Why?
0: Jake, you're a bad person. I know Jake and he also knows this.
1: Why is that such a terrible take? Why? I don't know.
0: I, I- I do know, I do know, because Joe Johnson is bad. <laughs> He's never been good in his entire life. Good. Great. No, it's just like, I, I, will, I will say that Vince is, I, I will factor in, you know, Vince meant more to basketball than Joe Johnson, and that is a factor to me, so.
3: That boils down to one question. If you could pick one basketball player to be out of those two, who would you have been? Would you have been Vince Carter, or would you have been Joe Johnson? I think the answer across the board is Vince Carter, no, unless you want to. One. ISO on the wing every time post up small cards. I'd rather be doing 360 reverse windmills. You
2: know, well,
1: I'd, I'd rather make more money and Joe Johnson made more money.
2: He has he in his career? I, I guess think think he's about made it. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is easy for me. Vince is a seminal player. He's like one of the guys you know, in the NBA history, the culture of the league, how it's, you know, he's been a pivot point. And then he also did, and we've talked about this before, but like, no one does what he did. No one goes from being a superstar and then comfortably into a role player, and except for com- Joe Johnson. Yeah, but Joe, but Joe Johnson's star was never <laughs> close to as bright yeah, as John- Vince's. Is. Joe Johnson
3: could be forgotten, and then yeah.
2: <laughs> Joe Johnson could, when he was playing for the Nets, could have taken a walk to the local bookstore, gotten an encyclopedia, <laughs> sat there and read it for three days, and no one would have bothered him. You know? I think. I think the when he's jo-
0: most famous for being a Twitter joke. Yes, the Twitter meme. Oh. Seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. <laughs> that is literally the first thing that I think about when I think about Joe Johnson. Yeah. What's the first thing you think about when you think about Vince Carter? <laughs> Dunking. It's probably like seventeen different dunks that yeah. he's thrown down yeah. in his life. So yeah, one, like the, 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 the famous ones that are.
1: Things you think about Vince Carter. Honestly,
2: the thing I think about is him missing a eighteen-foot jump shot with Tyrone Hill in his face in two thousand. Yeah, well, that's but, what you think of, of course, but. Um, it was great help defense by Tyron Hill.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, if Joe Johnson's name was not the most two of the most common first and last names stacked <laughs> together, I think we'd think a lot better of him. I think oh, he get he is
2: here. he is hurt by the uh, uncool name uh, problem. No, he's unhurt. He's hurt by the uncool game part of that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be real here. No,
1: if his name was uh, Josemovich uh, <laughs> Johnson, <No. Soviet>. no. <laughs>
0: what? Well, he would have been a more exciting player Then, when when you when you're born to be Joe Johnson, you're destined to be an ISO (laughs) 15 foot pull up
3: guy for your entire life. Carmelo Anthony is not the least exciting name and he has a similar game. Carmelo (laughs)
1: Anthony is a much more exciting name than Joe Johnson and he has similar game and he has a much better reputation. You are proving my point. There are not a lot of Carmelo Anthony's. There are a lot of Joe Johnson's. Anyway, what other takes?
2: All right, I want to give the, the Corbin for Watson one because we were talking about Golden State. We'll get off of Golden State in a little bit. But he said Draymond Green and Klay Thompson wouldn't be nearly as effective outside of Golden State. If Green had went to the Pistons in 2015, he'd basically be a better Morris twin. Damn! <laughs> better Morris twin. <laughs> I love that. I'm wow. just thinking about the Morris triplets here. Um, I love that take. I think that's awesome. Although I think it's, uh, I do not agree, completely with that. wrong. I I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is a take. Yeah. A better, a better Morris twin. Um. Let's see. We have Amar. All that Amar. He said. Uh, anyway, small market slash small interest related hot take. Rodney Hood doesn't help a team on both sides of the ball and rarely. Uh, at all, if he's making, if he's not making shots. Um, not a hot take. I think that's totally agreeable. I was going to um, say, that's correct. A, that's a seems accurate. Correct. <laughs> uh, Watch especially. the Jazz the last couple of games. They seem to be just yeah. fine without him. Yeah, they, they seem to be scoring plenty and defending significantly better with him off the court. Uh, let's see. Um, all right. Why don't we get to uh, – I have a take here for you guys. I think that the Celtics will not be making the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, my goodness. What? Gonna Who do you have? Who do I have instead of the Celtics making it to yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals? That would be the eventual uh, Cavaliers, <coughs> Sixers, oh, Eastern on. Conference oh, Finals. Um, Out of here! Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's it's real easy too because the six, you don't believe that because the come Sixers on. guys, 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 bear with me. The Sixers hop into the three seed. Uh, the Cavaliers hop into the one seed. Eventually, they've won 10 in a row now. They're getting Isaiah Thomas back. Boston falls back down to earth a little bit more. Uh, They finish in that two seed. They end up having to play... Uh, a really difficult and finally tuned, finally at the tuning point, I was going to say finally tuned, but finally at being finally tuned, the uh, Bucks. who it makes sense, they've at this point fired uh, Jason Kidd three months, two months before that, and the Bucks all of a sudden get their revenge <laughs> from all these horrible regular season losses uh, to the Celtics. And um, and then that's how we end up getting our, our, our secret sauce there with the Celtics not making it to the Eastern Conference Wait, Final. but you said the Sixers, not the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Either one of those teams. Oh, okay, fuck fine. it. Sorry, Bucks or Sixers. The point is, there's multiple roads here that that lead to the Celtics not. Well, my question it. is,
3: which one? Is it going to be the Bucks or the Sixers because the Sixers aren't beating the Celtics in, in in five games. It's not happening.
2: No, Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's probably true. Maybe it's the Bucks who'd be the better one, but I think the Sixers in a series. And again, a big part of this is going to be. Um, you know if and when and what they get from faults the rest of the season uh, when he comes back in a few weeks. But I think the Sixers in a series will be a little bit tougher than the Sixers in a uh, regular season game because when the series get played or allowed to be played more physically, uh, Sixers are leading the NBA in fouls right now, and it's it's a legitimate issue. Um, teams are shooting free throws with like eight minutes left in each quarter right now, and you get to the playoffs and physicality gets you know raised. It helps to have big guys on the court who are uh, who are able to kind of impose themselves a little bit. I, if you watch regular season games, the game goes and ebbs and flows against... Uh, I mean, Spenceman still has yet to get a call this year because he's tall, and refs don't oh, like that. All right, all right, buddy. This, this, like, I'm watching the game last night, guys, and, <laughs> and Tyler Eulis Can you um, remind me real quick Tyler what the result of last night's Sixers game was? lost to the Suns last night. Booker went... Booker had a Booker How many game. points did they lose? I believe the Sixers lost to the Suns by... Thirty-eight po- or thirty-four points less than the Wizards lost to the Jazz. Yeah, last but I'm night. not saying oh. the Wizards are going to make the conference finals. No, I don't think oh. the Wizards are going to. My other take would be the Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's not happening. They're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but again, here's another way. Here's another way the Celtics don't make the Eastern Conference Finals. They get to play the Wizards in the eight-one game. The Wizards are not going to be the eighth seed. They could be. They're not going to be the eighth seed. They're a mediocre team.
1: They don't have their best player. He's not. He's not playing. They were pretty mediocre with him too. No, they were like kind of good, but like blew a bunch of stupid games. Like mm. they're, they're not going to be these. See, this is two Homer
0: takes. These are these yeah. are not hot takes. They're Homer takes. I would have respected this take a lot more if you thought the uh, the, the Cavaliers would play, be playing the Raptors. <laughs> I was going to say. In, oh, yeah. uh, there's no way, way I'm game. putting my hot no. No, take in. I'm not joking. This the, yeah, this is my backup hot take. Is that the Raptors are actually good? Okay. No. They have the third best, no. best no. Net rating right now.
1: Here's the thing about Toronto in your favor good. they are playing very differently they're good in a different way than they have been good in the past right
0: yeah and that's why i like them
1: a point a strike against you here is that <laughs> or a couple strikes against you is that when it comes to the playoffs it's still about your best dudes and what they do and whether they revert to bad habits I am not convinced that their best dudes are going to be able to do this in the playoffs. The Raptors' success is also in large part coming because some of their young guys that they're playing off the bench and they're playing huge minutes, Siakam, Pirtle, uh, Fred Van Vliet, uh, no. Ananobi, <laughs> uh, these guys, they are just destroying second units. You know that Toronto, I think, has won 12 straight second quarters? <laughs> I thought I saw that stat
2: somewhere. There's a stat that doesn't matter at all in the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like that's that's like great regular season, and it, it, they may be doing it a totally different way. And like I I would definitely say that when they play Siakam and Ibaka together up front, they are kind of scary. But ultimately, they're just sort of shuffling deck chairs and getting better stuff out of what they do in the regular season. I am not convinced that. That's
2: a formula that will break them through in the playoffs. And one of these, we had a take from a, a listener that was just straight up, Derozan's trash.
1: He's not trash.
2: I, I thought that was a funny one. No, he's not trash. But like, this is this is who the Raptors are. They might be playing a little differently. I think I basically just agree with what Mike said. Um, I mean, it's great that they're
1: playing different, better. Like th- yeah. they are. You look at it like kind of. Re- rejuvenating themselves and the culture change. Like, this is how I think a lot of these other teams in this range need to needed to do
2: it. Yep. Is to be, bring in these young guys and get better. It's just... Jay Runham's hot take was the Raptors will win the championship this year. So, you know, it's good to have him from every perspective here.
1: Okay. Um, Can we talk about the Celtics taking <laughs> some more? Yep, yeah, sure. So you're... You obviously don't believe in them in some capacity what is it about them that you're like not everyone's shooting career highs this year don't you think there's everyone like on
2: and you team. don't think that well marcus smart sure isn't no, no but marcus smart marcus smart's <laughs> marcus career smart. it's like uh he that's like saying like a sunny day in iceland in, in december like it's there's only a couple hours of it it's it's you know it's, it's a lot of darkness okay the guy's not we're not we don't need marcus smart to be shooting well for him to be having a career season, but also, everybody else—Horford, Tatum shooting like what fifty-three percent from three still or something. But like Kyrie that? Kyrie Irving is not having a career high. Fifty-one, shooting. yeah, fifty-one. Okay, on that, um, Kyrie shooting his fourth quarter shooting statistics are out of this out of this world, and they usually are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Brad Stevens seems like a really really good coach. Who gets his team motivated to play at a consistently higher level on a night-in and night-out basis with more um, uniformity and, and uh, um, organization, if you will, than other teams do? Plus, their depth and the fact that like they have multiple guys who can get you 20 points a night um, is is great. I, I tend. And they don't even have Hayward. Yeah, they don't have Hayward. I mean, who's you know. That's a whole nother take in its own right of you know, how good will they much better will he make them, how much better can they be with a Hayward next year. I don't
1: know, see, I don't understand this though, you're saying that they're not talented enough in not some c- capacity finish the Celtics, off. but oh. yet Hayward won't make him that much better. Oh. That doesn't seem to uh,
2: my take has nothing to do with Hayward. That was okay. more just like observationally, we'll see where Hayward fills in gaps that they're already okay. not getting plus from right now. I mean, it might be even more bonus basketball. Right. If okay. you will. But they've seem to have figured out the wing position. More, almost more so than any other part of the court. Here's the other thing about that: is that when you get into the playoffs, there's no room to have three guys get 20 points a game. That's just not how it works. You don't get the opportunity to get three guys hot and then sit someone off the bench. And you're going to need to play your you know eight seven to eight core guys the entire game. Um, the Celtics are a team who beat you with depth and with. Uh, um, Aren't you talking about last year's Celtics team? No, like you're right not, now
1: I don't think you're. I don't know if this really describes this year's Celtics team. They do have like the. Ultimate sort of clutch scorer, one number one option type mm-hmm. on their team now. I mean, doesn't this, everything you're saying seems to apply much more to like last year's
2: Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. But, do, but don't, Knicks. well, last year, Isaiah Thomas averaged more points than Kyrie's currently averaging.
1: I agree. But yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, there's yeah. also, like, I mean, if you, you
2: don't think the idea of like supporting a franchise on the shoulders of multiple guys who are barely 20 years old is like something that could potentially become a, a little bit of a liability so, so for playoff is you, time?
1: So, if your take is that the Celtics are not as good as whatever their record is now, like, I'd be all there with you. If your take is that someone else other There's than. Seven, they're 21 and 4. They're not 20 a 21 and 4 team. If that's your take, I'm, like, with you 100%. If your take is that someone else in the east is going to be better than them come april like i'm just
2: not sure we were going for hot takes here mike okay yeah (laughs) so so with that in mind that's why i went eastern (laughs) conference okay
1: okay if i were to say say
2: that this team who clearly very few teams in nba history are 21 and 4 good it's a very difficult record to attain right few teams have done that do i think that they're one of those elite teams in nba history no. Okay, but you also <laughs> don't think that they're going to make the conference
1: now. So, I mean, Tim Christian, do you do you buy that this take at all?
3: Uh no. Uh, I don't think that there's any team that's going to stop them from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, unless it's you know what I'm saying Cleveland. I do think the Milwaukee matchup can be a little challenging, but I don't think that Milwaukee. From what I've seen from the Bucs this year, I don't think they're, they're giving the Celtics any problems in a seven-game series. Uh, I'd like to see the Celtics against the Wizards, against the healthy Wizards. I think that would be a fun series to watch. You see the Morris brothers go at each other. You see Kyrie go against John Wall. Uh, Bradley Beal, what will he do in this, Porter in this Tatum. series? Yeah, Porter Tatum. You know what I'm saying? porford what's he going to do? You know, Brown, I, I just don't.
2: Oh, There's so many good matchups in that one. Yeah, Horford th- always destroys the Wizards.
3: I don't think the Wizards can beat the Celtics in that series either. Um, And then I I just don't I I mean, 21 and four is, you know, that is a pretty crazy record for this team to not have their second best player. But, you know, I don't think we're we're recognizing Brad Stevens is coaching genius. Like he put Kyrie in a system and he's letting Kyrie do what Kyrie does. But if somehow it all just looks like it it flows, it fits in. So, you know, I'm going to say this is a 21 and four team, but I don't think they're far from it. You know, I don't think they're a, a 500 team. You know, like no, I think they're, they're they're where they are. You know, I, I like how they played, and I do think they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals.
2: Yep.
0: So when when Toronto wins the Eastern Conference, you know <laughs> yeah. how how is Boston going to make it to the Conference Finals? I was, I was thinking when they the when thing. they play Cleveland in the second round. Tim, <laughs> so I'm looking at the
2: records right now, and I'm like, well, the one caveat here is the Raptors' regular season dominance. If they move themselves into the the two seed or the one seed, there, like. Well they might not be the yeah, one. I'm not, yeah, not I'm not even entirely
0: joking. Yeah. Yeah, I was I'm gonna gonna say, not
2: ruling out how would that
1: playoff matchup work? Well, you know my. like so I imagine that Toronto would play small more often if they Oh, oh, match Do you think action, that like yeah. if if the lineup is basically Lowry, DeRozan, the, the closing lineup Lowry, DeRozan, Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka and just one of Ananobi, CJ Miles and Norm Powell like is that is that the kind of team that can stop Toronto, Boston from scoring? Is that a team that that uh, Boston is going to need to really worry about on the glass, uh, where I think this is still their biggest weakness? I'm just not sure. Because hmm. the the problem in the past is that they they couldn't guard DeRozan. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe he'll try to attack him with Kyrie with DeRozan in those switches, but I don't know. Interesting one. Um, yeah, all right. I do think
0: Boston will fall off a little bit. But
1: uh, you know what? I don't like, know. It's not that it, it, I, I, it's not that crazy of a take. Just the, the problem I run into is who is the team that's going to slip in there instead. And but if your your idea is that Boston is not like that quality of a team, like I can I can vibe with that as much as I think you're just a hater for the Celtics. But
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got two young wings that are going to take both take steps back um, in all likelihood at some point this season. You know, that's just how it works for yeah. young players. You've right. got, a, uh, you know, you've got Horford and, and Kyrie who might, might settle a little bit, you know, Kyrie, especially in the fourth quarter. So,
2: yeah, yeah I mean, that was just my, my way to put something out there that wasn't, uh, Predicated on beating the Warriors and uh, wasn't uh, (laughs) too much of a layup, but uh, I mean, someone's going to realize it's a good
0: time to be a Celtics fan. Yeah, Yeah. for sure, they're good now and they're going to be good for a long time. But yeah, yeah.
1: someone's going to realize that Marcus Smart actually is not a good shooter. Like, it is amazing to me how he unbelievable he like is able to fake it, and so that until he's like basically faking until you make it type of play. Like, I saw a play last night where. Like he's open on the wing, and Malcolm Brockton runs out of him with the yeah. super fast
2: closeout like he's, you know, Kyle Corver. Dude, same thing happened. Uh, I was watching the Sixers Celtics game last week with with our good friend Mike Pina, friend of the pod. Every time Marcus Smart got the friggin' ball, a Sixers player's closing him out. Right. Like Like he's Kyrie Irving. Know, and it's like, like, guys, that's what we want. <laughs> that's amazing to me. Uh, he's like
1: convinced mind. everybody that he could shoot. <laughs> He misses his three
0: pointers so badly, is that you you can you can't rebound them. Like you you don't know where to go to rebound them, and so they yeah. get a bunch of off- offensive rebounds off his uh off his threes. No, they That's really my do. They, they are
2: the
3: vicious him, too. Go, go ahead. The thing with him though is that he'll miss a bunch of bad ones, and then he'll make that one. That means, oh man, now we have to like he makes right. those time threes, which is so annoying. Which like you have to respect it, and you have right. to close them out as bad as he might miss the other five. He's yeah. going to make that. one He needs to. You don't have to face. respect them.
1: <laughs> but no, but no. But this is like actually interesting psychologically. Then we'll move on to Tim's hot take, which is he basically jam, he's basically jamming your 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 senses with so much BS that all the ones that do go in like stick out in your mind more. He's basically. Yep not to get too political or but he's basically the LeVar Ball of shooters. Here comes something political. I was that was yeah. not I was thinking of a different <laughs> figure but I was well, LeVar get... Ball of shooters. <laughs> he's well, basically likely. the LeVar Ball of shooters. He's just spewing so much stuff that you just you remember the only certain ones of them and so you have this vision
2: in your head of him making a 3. Yeah, every time Marcus Smart hits a 3, it's like one of the $450 flip-flops. What? Oh. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> All right. No, I'm just saying that. Like you, I could have made a way better flip-flop joke there, given that Marcus Smart flops more than any player yeah. in the league. And still to this day, I think it's a, the, the biggest injury liability in the NBA okay, is okay. will Marcus Smart get under your big man and fall to the ground, causing him to fall awkwardly. It's infuriating. All right, guys. On that note, I have to go. Uh, I'm going to let Mike take this one home here. Tim, Christian, it's always good talking to you.
1: Anytime, man. <laughs> See you, guys. you as well. All right, Tim. Miss you, buddy. Tim, your hot take, yeah, or your unpopular opinion.
3: Well, old take. Well,
0: so so, so it's good here. Like, I, I'm glad we're closing with me because you guys all had unpopular opinions. Um, fortunately, I just have a a fact, um, <laughs> you know, something that is going to happen. So <laughs> we don't really have to worry about like. In fact, we probably don't even need to discuss it once I once I finish. But uh, but my my fact that will happen is that uh the the Minnesota Timberwolves will not make the playoffs. And um, Ooh. you know, I'm sorry to to ruin the the final four months of the season. And now, you know, I know it's spoil spoilers and all this stuff, but uh, now you know how it's going to happen, and you can stop watching them at this point.
1: The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to miss the playoffs. Why?
0: So. There's a, there's a number of problems I have with this team. Um, they, their, their net rating is, is barely positive. Um, they're, they're barely outscoring teams. Um, they're, they're losing big, they're winning close. Um, you know, kind of think back to that, to that game against the thunder where they, they won on a, you know, 45 foot Wiggins, uh, game winner. They've, they've had a lot of very close games that they've, they've kind of eked out the last second. Mm -hmm. Um, their defense is still atrocious and it's it has no signs of, of getting better, even with Thibodeau as the coach. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is, is still really struggling in, in that capacity. And, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I, I, I see effort. I don't, I don't think it's an effort thing. I don't think he's not trying. I think that he literally doesn't you know, he just doesn't have the instincts there. And it's it's still a baffling thing that no one has really been able to to explain and, and you know, uncertainty. But uh, it's 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 not. Great watching them play defense. I don't like playing watching them play offense better. You know, they, they they are an efficient offense, you know, by the numbers. But I still feel like it's a lot of, you know, your turn, my turn, uh, his turn. And I don't especially late in games, especially in the second halves. You know, I, I feel like, you know, there's there's no there's not enough synergy between the three stars that they have there. Um, you know, they, they won a game the other night. Uh, last night I think two nights ago where they basically had Jimmy Butler take over in in you know late in the game and you know it, it does feel like that's the only way that their that, that their offense is going. It's it's you know like one of the three of us will take over. Um mm-hmm. I'm not a big Thibodeau fan at this point. You know, he's he's a uh He's he's very set in his ways. And I think the as as much as I like Taj Taj Gibson because he's just a good basketball player and make good good plays, I'm still not convinced he's the right fit. You know, what happens when people start leaving him alone in the corners? Because his uh his corner three experiment is not working. He's hitting, you know, under twenty-five percent or something. Under thirty percent for sure. Um so so mm-hmm. when teams start leaving him alone, when teams really double down into the paint. How is uh, how is Carl Anthony Towns going to work, you know, the post when he's getting double teamed and his his one outlet is is Taj Gibson in the corner. So, you know, I, I like Gibson and he definitely makes winning plays. And I think that he is, you know, in the right role. He's he's obviously still an effective basketball player. Um, I still don't love the fit of those two right next to each other. And I think at some point that will hurt um, Towns more than it's going to hurt, you know, uh, Gibson necessarily. So hmm. um, and then. Nobody's been injured on this team, and I do feel like you know I I obviously it's it, I hope it's not going to happen. But what if what if say Jeff T goes out for for a little while? Well, he um, has been out. I I think he's he's been out for a few games. He hasn't yeah. been out. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. What happens when he starts stops shooting? Uh, you know, over forty percent on threes. Well, he's
1: he's happen. been
0: their best shooter. You know, outside of uh, Bielika, of course. Yeah. Um and you know, they they have an entire team full of, you know, like thirty six percent three point shooters or worse than that. So mm.
1: Well, that was very well argued. Um I wanna ask we got a couple Timberwolves hot takes that I think conflict with each other. Not hot takes, unpopular, potentially unpopular opinions. Uh I wanna Unlike view, my fact. Yes. Yeah, on and did, did, not knowing <laughs> that this would be your unpopular opinion. And I want to here, Christian, Tim, what you guys think is more on the mark, because I think these two conflict. Jason Buford sends us, Carl Anthony Towns is not a top 20 player at the moment. He is that bad defensively and a major problem for the Wolves now and will be in the future. That's on one side. On the other side, Min Timberwolves, one of our longtime uh, people who has sent us stuff, Hot take: It is not Towns's fault. The team's lack of depth in shooting and isolation is a true problem. Trying to win games one on one doesn't help. Blah blah blah. The true problem is, wait for it, Tom Thibodeau. So, Christian, which of those two do you think is more on the mark?
3: I'm more inclined to side with the problem is Tom Thibodeau. Um, mm-hmm. When a coach, it's your job, especially when you when you're known for your your defensive schemes and pushing people on defense and getting all that effort. It's, it's no excuse for Carl Anthony Towns to be this this poor defensively. And that falls on a head coach. That falls on, in my opinion, that falls on him to get him in line. Um, I would have liked for Kevin Garnett to still have been around. Um, I think that he would have been a really good mentor for Carl Anthony Towns. But, the, of course, that didn't happen. Um, I think that Tom Thibodeau has to absorb some of the blame. We, we Obviously, brought in some, he brought in Taj Gibson, which Tim said isn't really that good. of a fit. I haven't watched too much Minnesota basketball this season. Um, but... If it's not working out like that, you know, you've got, he brought in Jimmy Butler too. You've got the people on paper. You know what I'm saying? These are the people that he wanted to go get. And if it's not working out, that falls back on the head coach.
1: Tim, what do you think of those two, two, uh, I think conflicting feelings are, is it a problem with towns or is it a problem with Thibodeau?
0: I don't think they're conflicting necessarily. You know, I think that towns has been bad. And I think that Thibodeau which is, is a pro- probably also a
1: problem, which is the bigger problem.
0: Um, I I would lean towards Thibodeau, but at the same time, like he is a good defensive coach. I don't I don't think that um I I, I mean clearly the Timberwolves haven't been, but does does that just mean that he was never good? Does that mean he, he's lost it? I feel like those aren't good answers. I feel like, you know, you, you look at someone like Towns and and I, I don't I don't know who else you could bring in who's suddenly gonna fix this. And maybe maybe it's just a style thing. Maybe it's that You know, whatever, whatever the way that Thibodeau teaches, it just isn't a way that uh, um, registers or resonates with with the way Towns views the game or is is trying to improve. But um, I, I do think that Towns's defense is a problem, you know, independent of the problem of Thibodeau being very set in his somewhat old school ways and. I think that those both can coexist as, huh. as issues for the team along with a couple other issues. Um, so I, I think, I think that's, that's why I'm so set on, you know, that's, that's why I'm so out on the Timberwolves right now, just because I see, I see multiple problems that, that stem from different sources. Yeah. And I think that's the most concerning thing about it for me.
1: I think there is, it is possible. I, I have thought about the idea that the league has sort of stylistically passed Tim's passed Tim by that, the idea mm, right. has become a little bit more interesting to me where it's, you know, his ice and uh, strong side zone type of things are now not really built for the modern switching game. Uh yields too much space. Uh, you look at the lineups they're playing, you know, too big a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. It, you for can, sure? I think there's some of that going on. I do think the point that Christian made about Kevin Garnett, like the only time Towns really played good defense in his career was with Kevin Garnett. So maybe it is a an intensity thing. He just kind of looks dazed out there, I think, when he's on defense. Like, he's processing too much, and he goes in and out of his stance a lot. So, there's some of that involved. I also think that this is one of those cases to remember, is that Tibbs is also the GM. So, if you want to make the more holistic Tom Thibodeau is sort of really the problem here point, you can point, I think, more so to the free agent decisions that were made. Uh yeah. The way they filled out their bench. I mean, they're, they have no depth. And if you look at where they really struggle. It's when they go to their bench. Their defense is especially bad. And like Tim said, you saw this sort of when Jeff Teague went out. Tyus Jones is like a pretty good fill-in, but the fill-in for Tyus Jones stinks. <laughs> it's Aaron Brooks. Yeah. So that's that's a Tibbs problem as well. And you throw that all into a toxic brew. And you know, I don't think this is like such a crazy thought. I thought initially this was like, okay, they just have too much talent. And I know that they haven't played very well, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody – the bottom of the West has got a lot of injuries. Uh, there are a lot of problems with all these teams. You have enough talent to make it through. And I don't know anymore. I think this might – so, like, let's look at the bottom of the West. I think if you – are you guys both saying that Oklahoma City finds their way into the playoffs?
3: Yeah I, I'm not, I I haven't so, even, yeah. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to miss the playoffs, to be honest. I don't, I don't think that. A team with that much talent is not going to put it together because you look at their roster, they have enough players in there to figure it out. And I know that they don't have the depth, but you know, you got a team with Andrew Wiggins, you got a team with Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, you have Jeff Teague, you have Jamal Crawford, you have, you have these players and you have this coach. So, something's got to give, I think that they'll turn around. I think that this is something that we can revisit at the mid-season work if they're like below 500 or well below 500, but. I think that it's, I don't want to say it's too early to write them off, but I, actually, no, it is too early to write them off. I think when you have a team with that much talent, you got to give them some more time. So I don't want to say that they're going to miss the playoffs just yet.
0: I mean, yeah, and they're what, the fourth seed in the West right now, the fifth Are seed they? in the West, I believe.
1: I think they've dropped a little bit. It's a real mush in the West. Right yeah, because uh, they just lost. Uh, they allowed Memphis to break their their long losing streak,
3: which is really disappointing.
1: Minnesota currently sixth in the West, but percentage points uh, behind Denver and Portland, and percentage points ahead of Utah. And it looks like a game and a half of New Orleans.
0: I, I I do think the Thunder will will get back in there. I, I think that the, you know, w- when you look at these stats, um, you know, the Timberwolves have played like the thunder in, in terms of record and, and vice versa. I, f- I feel like those two teams could easily have been switched from mm-hmm. the way they both performed so far this season. Yeah. And then it would be Minnesota on the outside looking end.
1: Yeah. Basically so, are it's, it's, nine, it's definitely like it. There are nine teams fighting for eight spots, basically. So you're suggesting that of those nine teams, Minnesota is the ninth.
0: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm suggesting just that.
1: So then you would have Denver, Portland, Utah, and New Orleans ahead of them, as well as Oklahoma. I can't State.
3: see that. I can't. I can't see Denver ahead of Minnesota in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Out of all those teams, Denver, even Portland. I don't know. I know Portland's good, but I can't see. I can't see Denver or Portland ahead of ahead of uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's that's mind blowing to me. You got a team with three stars and they're on a the ninth seed. I don't know.
0: Okay. Three stars I- that don't fit together well and don't play enough defense.
3: That is true. That is true. But when you have enough talent, talent figures it out, you know, and I think they'll figure
0: it out. Talent figures it out and landed with a team like the Thunder. I, I don't think that the Timberwolves are constructed nearly well enough and, and also arguably are not talented enough, you know, in, in the sense that Wiggins and, and Towns, you know, both have defensive problems.
3: But they're, they're, um, plus five, they're to, to five, figure five. it out. Thunder are well below 500 at this point. So
1: Thunder are
3: two I games below 500 right now. Two, two games below? Where were they before? We'll see. I don't know. I think we have to just wait. I think this is one of those things we have to wait and see.
1: Who's going to have a better record at the end of the year, Oklahoma City or Minnesota?
3: Oklahoma City. I believe Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. I just Minnesota is going to be a. Oklahoma City, it's out- not close.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the monkey wrench would be is if Oklahoma City continues to struggle and they need to make some trades, and that's not the team that they end up with. All right. Well, this was good. I want to read off, uh, before we go, some uh, unpopular opinions that all of you guys sent us on Twitter. You can always tweet us at the show, at limited underscore upside. And I want you guys both to real quick evaluate the uh, unpopularity of this these these takes on a scale of 1 to 10. Let's go and start with uh, our friend T.M. Warning, who, by the way, would like us to know his name is Vitor. Hello, Vitor. Thanks for always emailing us. Um, the Lakers are still the same front office mess they were before the Genie bus takeover. They have, they still have just as much of a lack of consistency on direction. They are still – that we should still be talking about them as a total mess. On a scale of 1 to 10, how, how – uh, how strong does that take?
3: Five. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're a total two. mess. I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Five so they is are probably a total little. mess. I you know, would I say think
0: so. two or three. I think they are. I. I don't think that you can look at Magic Johnson's Twitter feed and think that he's suddenly going to be you know a top tier general okay. manager personally. So. All
1: right. Um, Courtney Kennedy sent us two. One. Paul George isn't a top fifteen player in the league. I mean, that's wow. a one to me. I mean, there are a lot of really good players in the league. I don't think he's a top 15 player in the league. The other one I think is a little bit hotter. Kemba Walker has been better than Mike Conley for years, but somehow Mike Conley is more underrated.
3: I I don't agree with that, and I love Kemba. I just think Mike Conley does more. And I think Mike Conley is – obviously he's underrated every year, and I just think that Kemba has a lot more flashy plays, and you know what I'm saying, he plays in the East. So what End number is that?
1: I think uh... Again, nine this take is really hot, and one this take is like a totally nothing. I agree with it. Uh about a six. Six. Tim, what what number would you give it?
0: I think Kimba is better and also more underrated. So I guess five because oh, I agree with really? it partly and, and not with the rest. Wow. I, I don't I think Kimba has been for flying on the radar for two seasons now, yeah. For years. For years now. No, 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 not for years. I, so the the question the question was was built upon itself. I think I think Kemba is currently better and currently more underrated. So this is a over the past like the, the duration of their careers. Is that the question?
1: I no, I don't know. Again, David. Okay, I think it's uh, this is an eight or nine. I Conley's also I have two career years, so I don't believe that.
3: Yeah, I, I love and I love I love Kemba. I just think that I would take my Conley over Kemba.
1: Okay, raps fan twelve thirty seven. Bucks management will prevent Giannis from seeing any long term success until he gets out of there. Oh man, I I think the that's Bucks like managers, a three. Like I kind of agree. <laughs> that's
3: unfortunate. I never thought about that. Well,
0: in, in what sense are they known for being bad? You know, I, no. I've I I can. Name a couple moves and, and team construction, but well, just, I, I just um, i never seen them as
1: one of those. Yeah, go ahead. Just the owner, just the way they hired their GM and all their ownership issues. Yeah. I mean, that seems to point the picture to me. I don't know. I think that's, I don't think that's a very hot thing to say, but uh,
0: anyway. I think their team, I like, you know, I like their their team is not constructed quite, you know, they, they, have, they have some problems, but they also have some talent, some real talent that they put together. I don't know.
1: I I could go Feels on. Feels a little about, hot to me. I can go on and on about Jason Kidd. Feels
0: a little uh, hot just because I, I think the Bucks can be good. I think the Bucs can be good in three yeah. years. Ownership issues aside, so I I will say that's I will say that's a six six and a half. I think Jason Kidd is not a great coach, but I don't uh, think
1: so either. But I don't think they're going to fire him because he's best buds with one of the owners.
0: And oh, so man. that's the question. So so if if they don't if they don't do that. But I, I I think they I think they might. But I, I don't I have no inside information or, or anything to
1: okay. to
0: back that claim up. So so yes. Yeah. So if they if they don't fire a kid and, and they just keep on going the way they are, then yes. But I I have higher hopes for them. But uh but perhaps someone more tuned into that entire franchise will will say I'm an idiot.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's that's that hard of a take. Accept I kinda that. I kind of agree with that. I mean if I if I really wanted to put my money where my mouth is, I, I'm gonna go over under zero point five conference finals appearances in the Giannis year and I might take the under just gonna say that really yeah um corbin ford watson russell westbrook is a better point guard period than steph curry that to me feels like a 10 does anyone disagree
0: (laughs) i mean i guess the question is that he can pass better he he has more assists but Uh, uh
1: yeah i don't know i think that's a 10 yeah no Shouting Street. Yeah, Shouting Street. Devin Booker is a very good scorer who's a net negative because he brings nothing else to the table. I mean, that sounds like a take from three months ago. I don't know if you guys agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's um, a five.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That I don't one know someone like who's that good of a day. scorer. But I mean, he is coming off like two of the most amazing scoring performances in the last uh, of the season.
3: Yeah. Ooh. I, I don't know. With
1: that one, oh, here's one I like. Speak back to Westbrook from NBA Rundown. Russell Westbrook is not Oklahoma City's best player. Who is
3: he? He has to give me so another name. Oh, maybe Stephen Adams. Okay, who's we'll always Stephen Adams? Let's do that. Uh, maybe Patrick Patterson off the bench. Okay, we can do that too. Who else? Andre Roberson? That's their best player? No, it's Russell. West. <laughs> Next,
1: so 10. Yes, 15. 15, okay. Um, if Paul George was playing better, I might say that that is less of a take, but I don't think that he is. So, uh,
3: well, no, I am trying to say Carmelo is yeah. and in that case, wake up.
1: A more reasonable take is from Sergio Brito, who says Russ is the Thunder's biggest problem right now. I'm not saying that that's correct necessarily, but that is a more reasonable take, I would say. He's the
3: same Russell Westbrook that you loved last year, and you just need to accept it. That's You
1: know what? That's true. What
3: if I didn't love him last year? What if I didn't love him last year? And you wouldn't have offered him a a long-term contract to stay and then put other people around him. You would have tried to blow it up and start over. So,
1: There you you go. Um, And then I want to... Here's one that uh, I don't think is really much of a hot take. Uh, I'm trying to find it, but um, my computer's flashing. So instead, we'll go with this one. Young Guns can't also raps fan uh, from Twitter. This is a one that's interesting. The majority of first round picks that teams are obsessed over not trading don't matter as much as people think because the majority of teams will screw up the draft pick anyways, and situation matters more than the actual player.
3: Agreed. Agreed, yeah, because, agree. yeah, I think that, especially when he says situation matters more than the actual player, I think Kawhi Leonard in Indiana is a shade of Kawhi Leonard in, in San Antonio. Um, I think it's, you can make that case for a lot of different players. And, um, yeah, I do I do tend to agree with what he said, at least the second part of that.
1: First-round picks don't matter, Tim, yes or no? Where's that on the hot takes, scale?
0: They are overvalued to to an extent, yes.
1: Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go the other way. I think that I think this is a really hot take. I don't agree with this at all because if you're if you're saying that situation matters and it it shouldn't matter what pick you have, but all those picks should matter and your ability to kind of bring guys through should matter. Again, you look at the difference between some of these teams in the East is basically Toronto the way they're playing is basically because of all those first round picks that they've hoarded. Uh, so I think for the right organization, they matter quite a lot, and so...
3: I think that the the argument against first-round picks don't matter is that the Knicks could have had Donovan Mitchell or Dennis Smith Jr., but they have French rank, and we don't know what French rank is going to be yet, but we have an idea of what Donovan Mitchell and and, uh, Dennis Smith are going to be, so they do matter.
1: I think they They matter quite a bit. I mean, I'm always reluctant to trade them because I think... I mean, my favorite team trades them like they're candy, but I'm always... I'm always reluctant to do that because I feel like, you know, if you really believe in yourself and as an organization and you're really uh, trying to get the most out of the least, which is what you basically have to do if you don't have the megastar, like that's the draft is the mechanism to do that ultimately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say the the one thing about draft picks is that the most valuable asset in the BA is a contributing player on a rookie contract. So,
1: right.
3: And look at Boston, tell them first round picks don't matter.
1: Yeah. And I, I also think it just has more there's cultural impact to kind of rewarding players, kind of bringing them through, developing them the right way and kind of using those picks. I think it all kind of builds on itself and you start to create a culture, a way of playing that is uniquely you. And you do that through the draft, not through making trades that you're kind of fixed, changing that up all the time. That's just my opinion on that. So I disagree with that point. Um, all right. Last one. The From uh Let me see if I get this Twitter handle right. Kevin E. sent, uh, the Grizzlies are going to be trash for the next five to ten years, barring a major shakeup of the entire organization. Yeah, that sounds about right to me.
3: (laughs) But I do think there's going to be a shakeup at some point. Um, So I don't think they'll be trash for five to ten years. I think they'll be back because they're going to do something up top relatively soon.
1: Well, they have the whole ownership issue where I believe. Yeah, that's uh, and I hope that goes the right way. Okay. Uh, any last ones you want to fire off before we end this podcast?
3: Pistons. I don't believe them. They might not make the playoffs.
1: Why not? That's, That's a bad I take. Yeah. No. Why? I why not? Don't
3: think, I just don't think that. Like, I I, 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 love Stan Van Gundy. I love seeing what they've done. I just hope they can keep it up. And I, I'm just not a believer just yet. I just need to. I need to see it more.
1: Okay. Who's going to see- make it instead of them, though? I mean, it's. Are you suggesting like the Knicks?
3: No, 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 this isn't even a Knicks fan. This isn't a discussion about any other team making the playoffs as it is about the Pistons losing enough games to, to
1: Indeed. not make. It. However, simple math dictates that there must always be eight teams in the playoffs, and therefore if you are saying that one team will not make it that is currently in position to do so, one must replace them.
3: Let's go, or let's go with Orlando. How about that?
1: Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, Tim, you got any last ones? Nah, I think I got them all out of my system.
0: I'm good till uh, probably like March. Okay. And because... I'll have no hot takes till then.
1: And because he is not here anymore, I'm going to deliver this one from our friend Alex, who is sometimes on shows but could not make this one. The Philadelphia 76ers are a 50-win team. Two. 50-win team. 50-win team.
3: Sure. What's the what's the what's what's the, the number for that to be scorching hot? Is that ten? Is that twelve? Ten is scorching 50?
1: hot. One is yeah. I Let's go with a
3: fifty. Let's go with a fifty. Have a fifty. Yeah, fifty on on the scale of ten that they're going to win fifty games. 50. I, I just don't.
1: Wow. I mean, so you're saying that that is the hottest take that has been delivered on this show? Is that? I just don't
3: <laughs> trust. Them. I just don't trust it. I don't trust it.
1: I don't know. I don't trust. I don't know. They're they uh.
3: Thirteen and ten right
1: now. I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't agree with it, but I don't think it's that nuts. Um, I don't know. The don't
0: other, I'll say a three.
1: I'll say like a six. Like I don't believe it. I could see the. I could see it happening. Uh, yeah, I'll say a six. Anyway, they
0: finished. The I'm final? also. I'm still a big Fultz fan, and I think him coming back will will help.
1: Yeah, that that will be interesting to see as well. Um, you know. Oh I mean, yeah,
3: yeah, I, still, I really want to see what he looks like because he's a great seen. player. Yeah, I think we just have no one seen what he what he looks like yet. You know, so I want to see that.
1: Oh, I think so he, I yeah, see. but
3: we know who, who he's supposed
0: to be, and I think he's going to be that player he was supposed to be. So
3: see, we will see.
1: It would help if he uh, knew how to shoot free throws. Maybe he's ironed that out in his extended absence. Which, by the way, we have not heard much about Markel Fultz since he was supposed to be like shut down for a couple weeks.
3: I haven't heard much about anything. Yeah.
1: A little too much other stuff going on with Sixers to enjoy. Anyway, please let us know your unpopular opinion uh, upon listening to this and evaluate whether you think our unpopular opinions have any merit. Like uh, we have said our unpopular opinions are not ones that we're like, okay, we are so sure of this that we'll bet our mortgage on it. Or, I guess in the case of you guys, um, I don't know what. What do you? You'll bet like something very valuable to yourselves. Um, gym memberships. You
3: have, there you go.
1: Gym memberships. Okay, because um, you don't have a well, mortgage, my- which I would, unlike <laughs> anyway. We don't feel that strongly about them, but we like are kind of opening ourselves up to these ideas. Maybe we feel a little more strongly than others. Let us know what you think of our thought process, even if you don't necessarily agree. Maybe you find there's some logic to what we're saying. Maybe you think it's totally ridiculous. We'd like to know. Uh, and send in yours as well, the uh, unpopular opinions you have about the NBA. Uh, we really appreciate it. Tim Cato, Christian Winfield. Thank you guys for coming on.
3: Thanks for having me. Anytime.
1: Until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast.